Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King Air Force podcast. I'm Jim, sitting in his war room is Denver Dave, and we're here to talk about the NFL. Howdy Dave. Hey, I wouldn't necessarily call this a war room, I'm surrounded by nappies and children's things. <laughs> that uh, was your choice, son, your choice. Yeah, well, yeah. Some say choice, some say error. <laughs> There's some intentional grounding around at your place, and uh, nine months <laughs> later. So yeah, yeah. Sh- <laughs> go on. Nah, nothing. I was going to say something rude. I'm not going to. My <laughs> less is this when he's older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, so this is the week 11 review slash week 12 preview show, guys. We're going to go through all the week 11 games, then look at the uh, week 12 fixtures, obviously look at what happened to us in fantasy in our league, um, and also what bets we're putting on for this week. So we're going to start in week 11, Dave, back on Thursday night. Um, we had an NFC West birds fight with the Cardinals visiting the Seahawks. The first drive saw a balanced Seattle offense move down the field and get their first touchdown thanks to a DK Metcalf 25-yard catch. A two-yard run from Kenyon Drake evened it up before Tyler Lockett got himself a score too. The point after failed, but a Seattle field goal made it 16-7 at halftime. Second half and Kyler found tight end Dan Arnold in the end zone to close the gap. Carlos Hyde was back for Seattle, his first game since those two teams met a month ago, and rushed in a touchdown of his own. Chase Edmonds found himself all alone in the end zone to catch Kyler's second passing touchdown of the game. Then we saw something quite rare this season, the Seahawks' defense actually stepped up. They got a safety thanks to offensive holding in the end zone. And after another Jason Myers field goal for the Seahawks, the defense managed to stall Kyler's final drive when had over two minutes and two timeouts remaining. The final score at the clink was the Cardinals 21, the Seahawks 28. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game. It was an enjoyable game to watch, but it's not really too surprising the result. I mean, what we've got is uh, a team who always seem to win their divisional games. Um, it just it kind of was what it was for the Seahawks. I mean, you're seeing that combination of Russell Wilson and uh, Tyler Lockett that's continued sort of to be fruitful for them. Um, and other than DK Metcalf, proving still they've got no other wide receivers just mm. this week that Cardinals couldn't handle them. But it, cont- it made uh, the best division in football, in what, in what, my, what is my opinion, kept it interesting, uh, especially with the Rams doing what the Rams did as well. Um, but an entertaining game. It's just it seems like such a long time ago. That's the problem. <laughs> it was a good week eleven slate. You're right, but yeah, this was a good game in, on its own. Yeah, Steam got two of the best quarterbacks in the division. Sorry, in the league going against yeah, each other. So I mean, end, it was, was down to the defense, and I think Seattle, after having Brett Com make a video about how bad they were, yeah. uh, actually did something for a change. I mean, what was what was surprising is the fact there was 18 penalties in this game. Mm. which you wouldn't have expected that. So somewhat of a penalty fest. Yeah, the Cardinals um, had 10 penalties for 115 yards. And the yeah. Seahawks had 79 yards worth of penalties on eight. Yeah, I mean, that's not what you expect in this game, especially to one team who's heavily um, sort of focused focus on the side of the ball is defensive in the Seahawks, and very much the opposite is the side of the ball um, for the Cardinals. But no, it's it a good entertaining game. I was a bit disappointed that the Cards didn't win. Um, I think I pinned it on the cards last week as well. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Murray continues to be one of my favourite um, players to watch. What was what was in, one thing that I took away from this game though is um, there's a running back. I've always I've mentioned about the running backs for Seattle on a number of occasions and uh, the fact that they're just not staying fit. But they had uh, Bo Scarborough, who's mm-hmm. a running back from uh, out of Alabama, and I saw him when he was playing Alabama, Alabama. versus um, Clemson. 
He wasn't mm-hmm. one of the ball carriers at Alabama. He was there just sort of after Kenyon Drake. And he ran for about 300 yards in one game. That's all he did pretty much in his Alabama career. He was didn't really do much. He got drafted very late as well. He was with the Lions for a little bit. He's floated around the league a bit. Yeah. And uh, he got some carries in this game. Um, and yeah, he's one of those guys who looks great, but he's... Uh, he's a bit sort of bitty in the fact he'll get nothing, 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 20 yards. Um, and it's whether he can continue that form. But he's got a chance at the Seahawks, so good luck to him. He's a guy to look out for, Bo Scarborough. Okay. Yeah. It's a bit of a crowded backfield when they're all healthy, but okay. Never it is, but they're never healthy. They're healthy week one, and then that's it, <laughs> nothing else. He's Let's never go- really had an opportunity. He's, he's floated around a few practice squads, but he's yeah. a guy I really like. Good on Madden as well. Okay. Uh, unlike you, Dave. Let's go on the Sunday game. True. <laughs> I still want to play you again. No. You keep ducking me. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go on the Sunday games then. I'm going to get this one out of the way early, and Dave, it's the NFC least fixture with the Philadelphia Eagles against the AFC North Cleveland Browns. So a terrible first half for both the Browns and the Eagles, but it was a little worse for the Eagles who saw running back Miles Sanders fumble when they were five yards away from the Browns' end zone. Then Wentz gifted the pick six to Shoney Takitaki on the next drive. The Browns' offense wasn't much better. They turned it over on downs twice in that half, too. A Mayfield sack fumble set up the Eagles at the 19-yard line. Wentz found Richard Rodgers in one play to even the score 7-0. Olivier Vernon's third sack of the day on Wentz was a safety. After Derek Barnett blocked a 47-yard field goal try from ex-Eagle Cody Parkey, Kareem Hunt got the Browns' first offensive touchdown midway through the fourth quarter. (laughs) Down 12 points with under four minutes to go. Philadelphia moved the ball all the way down to the Cleveland 10 before, wouldn't you know it, another pass was intercepted, this time by Denzel Ward. By the time the Eagles did get a touchdown, a four-yard pass to Dallas Goddard, there were only 30 seconds left in the game. The final score was the Eagles 17, Browns 22. This was a matchup between two really not very good teams. To put it into context, right, there were 26 for uh, third downs 26 third downs guess how many were converted jim <laughs> six <laughs> that is the sign of two not very good teams there was 11 punts in this mm-hmm, game mm-hmm. there was eight sacks allowed in this game it's it was just a rivalry of two not very good teams that's all you really need to say about it the only thing is do the browns pin their future because the browns are a talented team do they pin their future on uh baker mayfield with other quarterbacks coming onto the market. They're going to have to pay him soon as well. They can't carry him on a rookie deal for a long time. It's fashionable now, as seen with the Eagles previously, to re-sign your guy in sort of year two, year three. So Mayfield's going to have to sign a new contract soon. We've seen it with Goff, seen it with Wentz. Um, we haven't seen it with Prescott, which is why you know his contract disputes have continued. So do they pin their tail on uh, Baker Mayfield and continue going with him? So I suppose the same questions... <laughs> They with Wentz as well, you know. What do they what do they do with Wentz going forward? I mean, it could be strange that they're a team who ends up qualifying for the playoffs um, and yet has a high draft pick. So it might be best of both worlds. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird situation for the Browns because they're seven and three, not really in contention for winning their league for obvious reasons, um, their conference. But they're probably going to be a playoff team, although the AFC is particularly strong this year in the playoff uh, in the wild card mm-hmm. front um they've, they've moved the second place yeah i mean North. yes i mean uh, uh ravens are six and four at the moment so it's mm-hmm. only one game behind they've still got to play each other once as well but they're in contention for a wild card spot they're, they're not they're not going to win the league let's be honest they're <laughs> not going to win that division so it's it's just whether or not they they do pin their all their hopes on baker mayfield because for me it just doesn't feel good enough 
Um, he's he's certainly not game. playing as well as he he did do in his rookie campaign. Yeah, but he his rookie campaign, lost... he wasn't he wasn't playing brilliantly. It was only his last four or five games, which I'm not being funny. Drew Locke did, and his strength of schedule was particularly weak in that period as well. well yeah, he was messed around with his head coaches as as usual in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, he he is he was at least in college a very accurate passer of the ball. Um, it's whether you, you know if you listen to Colin Coward or um, Shannon Sharp, then you. The, the less you give him the ball, the more success you have. So, using yeah, the running been, game, that's been backed up. Keeping by, it out of his hands. By yeah, stats. yeah, I know, I know. It's it's hard because I like Baker. Yeah, he I hasn't like him really, as a guy. I, he hasn't done he's... it. He hasn't done it over the over the, the the three four years he's been playing now. Yeah, and you're right. I I'd, I'd be loath to give him a long term contract. I think he needs to prove it next year. If you yes. can invest a little bit more in the O line and say there's no excuse for you to be missing players only eight or nine yards away. Then it's, it's a it's a play it's a play to pay deal basically. Yeah, you I earn mean, it basically next year. On his defence as well. So as part of this, I was as part of this question, I was looking um, on Twitter in terms of Baker Mayfield and just searched his name. And one thing you had was a lot of people making excuses, and there's no reason, you know, nothing against that. He's their quarterback. Fans are going to make excuses for him, but there's mm. very much saying, look, he's lost his number one wide receiver. He's his what his uh, offensive line isn't particularly brilliant. He lost his number one running back as well, who detracts away from uh, attention from the uh, from the passing game. So there are excuses there for him. But at the end of the day, every quarterback has to go through some struggles during during the season. It just seems as though he's not been dynamic at all. It's just it just feels a bit weird this year, and in, in the fact that he hasn't kicked on at all, and he's had a much much better team behind him. And this game, yes, they won this game, but he was dreadful. I mean, dreadful <laughs> in this game. Didn't throw any interceptions, but that's not the bark of what you want the franchise quarterback to be. And let's not forget, he was the first overall pick as well. No, through less yards than Carson Wentz, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So Yeah. Yeah, to throw 204 yards against a team who, quite frankly, his defense at the moment is struggling. It's just not good enough. I mean, it was nice. It was 12 see- passes. Yeah, so. Of 22 as well. Yeah. So, barely, barely, well, it's not 60%. I was going to say barely over 50%. But it's great to see Nick Chubb back off IR running over 100 yards again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Positives there for the Browns. The usual positives. Great on the ground, not good in the air. <laughs> Let's go to the next game. And I want to go to the NFC South. Uh, we're a week after giving Jameis Winston the whole half of action to prep for replacing Drew Brees. He suffered a lot of fractured ribs and a collapsed lung. Sean Payton named gadget player Taysom Hill as starting quarterback for this divisional matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. Young Huku's three first-half field goals put the Falcons up, but an Alvin Kamara rushing touchdown and the Matt Ryan pick by Marcus Williams saw the Saints rally to go into halftime up by one point. As Taysom wasn't getting much done with his arm, he decided to use his legs and run in two touchdowns in the second half. Even when he fumbled, the Falcons couldn't capitalise on Matt Ryan for his second interception of the game, this time to Janoris Jenkins. Atlanta didn't score a point in the second half, and the Saints get the win. Final score was Falcons 9, Saints 24. Yeah, this was a bum game for the Falcons. Falcons really scored an own goal. Mm. Um, one day, a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sean Payton said that if Drew Brees was going to get injured in-game, then he would bring in Jameis Winston. There's no question about that because he's able to come in and plug and play. But if you give him a whole week, then he's choosing Taysom Hill. And this was while Drew Brees was fit. Mm. Of course, he's had a, he's had a whole week, and Drew Brees and uh, Drew Brees being out, Taysom Hill came in and won the game. And it's I've always been a bit of a defender of Taysom Hill. I think I'm probably going to continue that trait at the moment in the fact that he's <laughs> come in and won the game. He's not a long term answer. We know that, 
And that's fine. Anyone who uses their legs, the league will find you out. And we're kind of seeing that with Lamar at the moment. Same thing happened with, I mean, Tebow, Kaepernick to a certain degree, although, I mean, the team in San Francisco around him sort of fell apart as much mm-hmm. as he was figured out. But quarterbacks who are able to run, go back as far as Michael Vick, people figure out your game. So in the short term, I think this whole idea of Taysom Hill being your quarterback, I think it's great. Because what you have is people have to, uh, opposition have to basically plan for your ability, your, what you do on the ground with Alvin Kamara, as well as planning for um, your quarterback runs, as well as planning for who you're going to throw to as well. So it's, it's that kind of treble threat that causes teams problems. But sooner or later, you get figured out. And I don't think Sean Payton for one second thinks that this is a long-term answer because we know it's not. It wasn't just the, the Saints offense. I'm only talking about Taysom Hill here, but really the Saints defense has been quietly stacking up points here. Uh, there were like eight sacks, I think, in this game uh, for for Matt Ryan. Three sacks for Cam Jordan on his own. Then two for David Onyemata and Trey Hendrickson as well. Trey Hendrickson is joint top sack leader this year in the NFL. So it's not just the offense that's doing it. The defense is quietly stepping up. Yeah, I mean, the defense, when you're a, when you're a defense like the Saints, when you're stacked with talent all the way through it, it's made easier when you're facing what is essentially a porous line and a quarterback who can't move. So it's not as though I'm trying to detract any sort of plaudits away from the Saints' defense, but it wasn't as though they were sort of going against the most dynamic offense. And it's an offense that they know as well. They they see them twice a season. So it's I agree, it's not necessarily too much of a surprise, but they are doing some really, really good good things at the moment. The pass rush and the pressure that they were putting on consistently good yeah let's go on to the next game then dave let's go to the washington football team at home to the cincinnati bengals show so you know we could talk about this game but let's face it the only thing that really mattered in this game was the injury to joe burrow yeah. the goal was on target for one of the best rookie campaigns ever he even had the bengals leading in this game when he got rolled over early in the third quarter a touchdown pass to aj green a failed extra point and a successful field goal had the bengals up nine seven Burrow's season now ends with 13 touchdowns and five interceptions in just 10 games, a 65% completion percentage. Um, on the game, so Washington's first half touchdown came from rookie Antonio Gibson. After Burrow went out, Washington pushed on and got a passing touchdown to Stephen Sims and two Dustin Hopkins field goals eased them away. The final score was the Bengals 9, Washington 20. I mean, none of that really matters. It was, uh, it was, it was this game, as you're right, it was all about the Joe Burrow injury. Um, Burrow's done his ACL, so it's a ruptured ACL. Um, he's and also and the also done his MCL, and the issue with that is um, they have to uh, they have to basically restructure the patella as well. And anyone who doesn't know, the patella is the big one that comes down the front. Mm-hmm. And when that goes, that causes a huge amount of damage. Um, there is the fear that he'll never be the same player again. And that's not fear-mongering. We've seen that on a number of players um, throughout all sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it for years on uh, when Andre Agassi came back in tennis. You know, he was not the same player for four or five years and he had to change his game completely then all of a sudden was a great player. Yeah. Um, it's one of those... It's a good thing that it's kind of happened now and he's not 29 or 30. Yeah, he's younger, so it's a bit... He's younger, so he's going to be... Recover. He's going to be able to. The problem is, though, he's going to come back and he's going to be behind an offensive line that can't stop the rush. And he's going to continue to be getting hit. And every time it happens from now on, for years to come, you're going to be thinking, he shouldn't be taking that kind of damage. And the one thing that 
the, the Bengals have to do is they have to go out and spend some money in free agency. Something they've never done. <laughs> Not in my lifetime, they've never no. done it. But they have to go out and go out and get someone and draft someone. I mean, it was, I think I sent a stat on WhatsApp. There's a good proportion of first round picks. I think half of the first round picks that they've that the Bengals have had in the past twelve years have gone on offensive guards or tackles. So it's not as though they're not mm-hmm. drafting people. It's just drafting. Yeah. That's the problem. They need to go out and draft an offensive line in the first, second, and third round and give him help. Wide receivers are a dime a dozen. You can mm-hmm. get wide receivers who can catch in the league. That's not a problem. Go out and get him some help either in free agency. Go out and trade for some guys. Have some kind of ambition because twice a year you have to play against the Steelers. And I'm not being funny. You can't afford to have your main asset being smashed constantly because this type of things happens. I know this wasn't on a pass rush. I get that. But we see it all the time. We, you need to protect your main asset. It's about time the Bengals do that. Well, looking at their uh, the, the tankathon.com, the Bengals are a clear third in the current draft stakes. They've got mm-hmm. half a game lead on a lot of other teams that are currently three and sevens. They're two, seven and one at the moment. And if yeah. you think about what well, it's the Jets and the Jags have placed one and two, and yeah. then the, the Bengals, if you think that the Jets go for uh, Trevor Lawrence, you think the Jags maybe go for Justin Fields, that means yeah. that the, the, the draft starts at pick three with the Bengals, and they have a chance to get Panay Sewell, who is highly touted as an offensive tackle. Um, yeah. They'd be absolutely insane. They, they should look now to not win any more games like they did last year to <laughs> secure the first overall pick. And they should make sure that they get that third pick and they pick up Sewell. Yeah. Or and then you, hope, hope or, Burrow comes back and, like you said, still use the uh, free agency. You yeah, need to bring or in more you, people. you target someone like Seattle, without going too much into draft, you target someone like Seattle, who, not Seattle, sorry, someone who, um, like the Jets, who have got another first-round pick, and you maybe pick up their first-round pick and maybe another second or a couple of thirds or try and get some massive draft capital um, to be able to trade down. So you're going to pick up multiple first-round picks um, because, let's face it, that side needs more than... Um, you know, more than just an offensive tackle. They need to be picking up significant players to help on the offense. The same goes on defense as well. And last thing to remember about those Burrow stats, he did those without Joe Mixon since week six. Yeah. So yeah, when you're doing that and your and your running back is Giovanni Bernard, it demands respect. Yeah. Him and Samaj Piran got under twenty yards each in this game. So yeah. that's what he was dealing with. So they all knew he was going to throw it and he was still putting up his stats. So Really great campaign. Hopefully he gets um, fit and fully back to what he was because he's an exciting talent and want that in the league. So It is. And also next year, he's, there's a good chance that he's going to be doing that without AJ Green, who's on a uh, finance tag this year. Franchise yeah. tag, not finance franchise tag. tag. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, Bengals, the, ba- the Bengals get people on finance, so you know they'll never pay outright <laughs> fully for him. <laughs> Let's do... Uh, Let's do the Lions and the Panthers now, shall we? Over to Carolina, where we saw Matt Stafford's first shutout of his career as the Panthers kept the Lions scoreless despite not having their starting quarterback available. XFL Houston Roughnecks QB PJ Walker was subbed in after Teddy Bridgewater couldn't suit up due to a sprained MCL in his right knee. It was running back Mike Davis who got the first score of the game for the Panthers. Walker did pretty well at moving the ball down the field, but he had a habit of throwing picks in the end zone. The one in the first half was taken by Amani Oruwariye, after a Curtis Samuel receiving touchdown on the first Panthers drive in the second half, Walker threw his second pick in the end zone to Desmond Trufant. Trufant was making up for a whiffing his assignment on the Samuel touchdown. If I'm talking more about the Panthers than the Lions, it's because the Lions were absolute bobbins. 
Six punts, two turnovers on downs, a fumble and a missed field goal was all they could do in this trip down south. The final score, Dave, was Lions zero, Panthers 20. Do you know, but there's, there, when I was uh, looking on Twitter after this, because there's quite a few Lions fans that I follow. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, they were almost rejoicing that this was happening because they saw it <laughs> as the final, yeah, the final nail in the Patricia coffin, which I, I kind of get. He's still as well. there. He's still there now. They were, I don't think they'll get rid of him before the end of the season. What's the point? No. I don't think there's any point in doing that. Um, the caliber of people who are available right now isn't enough for you to be able to, you know, to warrant getting someone in. Also, gives any new coach uh, sort of extra confidence that he's going to have time to turn it around should something go wrong in the future. So I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Remember that stat earlier that I gave you in the uh, Browns game of uh, six third down completions in 26 tries. Yeah. This game was this was even worse. This was 29 attempts and only and in only eight conversions. So it was. I mean, it, this is another game of utter trash. And I think the Lions are... Uh, it, it was a difficult game because the, the the Panthers' defense is good. It is good. But to get shut out is not good enough. Um, the Lions are going to be disappointed. And um, they're on a short week this week as well on Thursday Night Football for Thanksgiving. Well, that's um, what they wanted every year. So Yes. And I fear for the Lions for this week, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, but no, it was a good performance from the Panthers. And anytime you, anytime you do start uh, your rookie and it's his first ever NFL game and you come away with a win, you've done well. So yeah, congratulations, Panthers. Well done. Yeah, congrats to PJ Walker. He hasn't lost a game in four years between yeah. <laughs> NFL, XFL and college. So yeah, congrats to him, man. Uh, but look forward to seeing Teddy Bridgewater back, obviously. Let's go on to the next game. So that's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A slow start to the game in Jacksonville. The Jags got a field goal on their first drive and the Steelers missed one. But the game was over by halftime. Rookie wide receiver Chase Claypool got his 10th touchdown of the season, as everyone knows. Uh, First wide receiver in the Super Bowl era to do that. Then backup QB Jake Luton threw a pick to Minka Fitzpatrick in the red zone, which was punished on the next drive with a one-yard Benny Snell touchdown run. The teams exchanged picks before halftime. Third quarter was a stalemate before another blitz of scoring in the fourth. Jake Luton threw his third pick of the game to Terrell Edmonds, who had his second pick of the game. Eric Ebron got his fourth touchdown this season before Luton threw his fourth pick of the game, this time to Minker again. The final score in Jacksonville was Steelers 27, Jaguars 3. Yeah, we all got excited because the, uh, <laughs> the Jags scored a field goal pretty early and then that was it. They were done. Offense packed up and went home for the night. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the Steelers won a game that they should have won. Again, it was a slow start. But 17 points in the second quarter pretty much killed it. Um, Jake Luton only converting 16 of 37 for 151. Yeah, and four uh, turnovers to our two safeties. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot the four turnovers. I mean, a couple, one of those was a def- <laughs> one of those was a deflection, and the Mika Fitzpatrick one was um, a bit of a gimme. But you still got to take them. So mm-hmm. it was a not very good team against a very good team. Um, not much to say on this one, really. It's kind of what we expected. Um, false hope in the beginning because we thought, well, hang on a minute, this this is going to be maybe interesting, for you. But yeah, <laughs> no, it didn't. That that false hope didn't last very long. Uh, but no, it was it was good to see Clay's Chapel versus CJ Henderson. I thought it was a good little battle. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, signs of things to come for both of these two franchises. I think. Let's move on to the next game then. So a rematch of last year's AFC divisional game as the Titans visited the Ravens. The Titans struck first with a touchdown catch by tight end Johnny Smith. The Ravens had to settle for a couple of field goals as drive stalled, but the Titans looked off as well. And Tannehill did get picked by Tyus Bowser. For once, Lamar wasn't the most productive runner for the Ravens, and rookie J.K. Dobbins got a rushing <laughs> touchdown and a two-point conversion to put the Ravens ahead before the halftime, 14 points to 10. 
Mark Andrews got himself a 31-yard touchdown catch to give the Ravens an 11-point lead. But the Titans started chipping away with field goals and a pick of Lamar by Amani Hooker didn't help the Ravens' cause. Big boy player of the day, though, has to go to Titans wide receiver AJ Brown, who broke two tackles and pushed a third defender into the end zone to give the Titans the lead with two minutes left. The Ravens got a Justin Tucker field goal to force overtime. Ravens won the toss but went three and out after Lamar took a sack on second down. The Titans then went uh, to their main weapon and Derek Henry got himself a 29-yard touchdown run to give the Ravens their fourth loss of the season. Final score after overtime was the Titans 30, Ravens 24. Oh, what a run by AJ Brown. I mean, it was a similar thing oh. he did. Uh, he was doing it at Ole Miss as well. And um, mm. the amount of times you'd see him just carrying and carrying men into the end zone or boys. And he just looked <laughs> like another beast. Um, but no, his touchdown was great. I think he received it on about the 10. Yeah. Broke about four tackles and just pushed a man in the face into the end zone. It was it was special. It was kind of, you're looking at that going, hang on, that's what you've got at wide receiver and you've got Derek Henry at running back. Insanity. Um, what's in the water in Tennessee? But... <laughs> I think it, so. This was a replay of, as you COVID. said, the uh, the um, playoff game from last year that put the uh, Ravens out. Mm. And it what what was from the coverage that was happening. So they were kind of playing. Um, they were playing a four three because that's what the Ravens playing. They were playing playing almost the skinny pinch, where they were basically saying, oh, look, "We're going to rush you from the inside against Tannehill." Um, and if you if on the outside we feel we've got the speed to catch you, but we're also going to have the benefit of stopping the run. And on the small on the quarterback sneak that Tannehill um, scored, he, he sort mm. of faked the handoff to Henry, yep. and every man just moved right. And Tannehill literally walked into the end zone with no one near him. He could have stood on a landmine, and it would have only got him. And the Ravens just look as though they're afraid of Derrick Henry. And that's not me sort of exaggerating or trying to sort of belittle the Ravens in any way. They just look petrified of him. And judging by the the rush at the end, I mean, it's perfectly justified. He's got their number, Dave. He's got their number. He's had it anyway. every time. Yeah, them and the Jags. I mean, he's prolific mm-hmm. against the Jags. It's ridiculous. I think he ran over 200 yards into two rushing, two consecutive games against the Jags. I think because um, he's in the same division as the Jags. If he's in the same division yeah, as the yeah. Ravens, he'd be doing them twice a year as well. Uh, to a extent, you're probably right. I mean, it, the chances are they're going to be playing them every season in the wildcard game, to be honest. But What is it um, with Ravens defenders getting embarrassed by Titans offensive players? I mean, it happened last year. Yeah. And this <laughs> well, happened if- again. It's also all the nonsense that happened before and after the game as well. So the Titans team came out and did a little bit of a team huddle in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And the Ravens players took offense to it because they were standing on the Ravens crest, which isn't the Ravens crest, which is the Ravens crest, whatever. Anyway, um, so they all then came out and started swearing. The Ravens guys, were going, uh, Titans guys were going, what the hell are you on about? Blah, 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 blah. Then they lost. And Vrabel then went over to Harbour at the end of the game, tried to shake his hand. Harbour said no and walked yeah. away. I'm like, come on. It's just, it's just noise. It's utter nonsense. Just shake the guy's hand, get on no with class. it, and say well done, say well done, and we'll get you next time. That's all you need to mm-hmm. do. Just smile and just say well done. We'll get you next time. It's just it's stuff I don't like. And Brady's done it in the past, and did it again on the, on the Monday night. Did he do it again on Monday night? I yeah, mean, refused to shake Goff's hand. He just ran off the pitch afterwards. We'll get to that later anyway. Just it's it's unnecessary. That's all. All you need to do is show the opposite guy respect and just. I mean, you talk to a Denver fan. I'm used to losing here. Let's not, you know, <laughs> pull no bones about it. But it, it's it's not as though you know they, it was a particularly dirty game. It's not as though they were, you know the backfield was full of Vonto perfect and it was those kind of tackles. It was it was a game. It was a good entertaining game. You got beat by the better team. Shake the guy's hand and walk off. No, if you're going to get pissy be... about something on the field, don't put it on the field. So yeah, people can walk on it. It's classless for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even even with the whole, um, who was it who uh, was planting the ball in the middle of the Dallas star? 
I can't remember. Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Even even with that, that's much of a muchness as well. So what? Someone plans to start, go and beat him on the field. That's how you do it. And say, you didn't get you this time, we'll do it next time we play you. Amen, Dave. It's just classless. (laughs) Let's talk about the uh, Texans and Patriots, shall we? So possibly the surprise result of the weekend as the Texans found some level of resistance for their defense against a struggling Patriots team. Though it was Patriots running back Damian Harris who got the first score in this game. The Patriots are more specifically Deshaun Watson, who dragged the offense to do some scoring. First was a pass to Randall Cobb, then Watson ran, then Watson ran one in himself, despite heavy challenges. Then you got another passing touchdown, this time to Kiki Kute. See the Texans into halftime up 21-10. to Demir Bird had himself a good drive in the third quarter, a 30-yard catch and then a 42-yard touchdown play to get the Pats to only four points behind. But the rest of the game was field goals, as the Patriots couldn't get a touchdown done. And the final score was the Patriots 20 Texans 27. Yeah, I mean, it was, again, two not very great teams, um, two offences that are massively underpowered. Um, I was I was mainly impressed with Demir Bird on this one. I think mm. we've heard so much about the wide receivers for the Patriots not being up to scratch. But Demir Bird, he's nearly 500 receiving yards this season. And considering he's playing with uh, a muted offense, uh, muted offense and um, a quarterback who only likes to gun it about five yards, it, it's not... I don't think it's not that impressive. I think Demir Bird needs some kind of sort of recognition for a good job that he's doing. But yeah, not the most exciting game. Um, JJ Watt was continuing to be JJ Watt. I think the, uh, the amount of pressures he got, and there was also one point where he was running, where he was pressuring, running through, and um, Cam sort of looked and thought, "I'm not getting sacked by him." So went to launch the ball, and uh, JJ Watt stuck his hand up and actually uh, blocked the pass. So he was all things to all men in this game. But yeah, just not the most entertaining game, I'm afraid. He's good at batting it down, you're right. The, um, yeah. the Texans defense seemed to bring a few safety blitzes. Justin Reed got a couple of safe, uh, couple of sacks himself. They just looked a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more pressure. Um, just seemed to hurry the, the Pats offense a little bit too much. And yeah, yeah came away with a win, so congratulations to Houston. Uh, don't know if it's really going to be worth it in the long run or not. Obviously, you're not helping anyone. You're probably taking some... Um, the only victims of this are, are Miami fans. That's the only. That's the only issue with this. Yeah. <laughs> makes no difference to your uh, your drafting. Continuing, Lara, Lara Mitonso, I think, got injured this week as well. So oh, yeah. uh, more problems for that offensive line. Mm. I don't know how about... bad it was. I just remember him seeing leave it, seeing him leave the game. Mm. I have to keep an eye on that. Let's move on to your team then, Dave. Oh, no. you wait. You've been waiting for this. So yes, yeah, the Denver against Miami. And Miami's habit of not putting up too many points finally came home to roost against the Broncos team that looked like they were trying to throw the game. I mean, Drew Locke <laughs> That's a, harsh. Not really. Drew Locke put through a pick on his second attempt of the game, Dave. Yeah. Riddle me that one. The Dolphins replied with a touchdown to Devontae Parker. The Broncos' best running back, Melvin Gordon, got a rushing touchdown to even the score. Two Broncos field goals and the Dolphins field goal made the halftime score 13-10 to Denver. Melvin Gordon got his second rushing touchdown in the game in the third quarter with a 20-yard run. On the next drive, Tua took a sack. Then that sent him out of the game, paving the way for Ryan Fitzpatrick to have another go under centre. Jason Sanders got another field goal for Miami, but the Broncos continued to move the ball with Philip Lindsay. Melvin Gordon was sniffing his third rushing touchdown in the game when that man, Andrew Rip Van Ginkle, managed to make Gordon fumble. A very hard thing to do. Fitzpatrick was poised to go down and get the game winner, but Justin Simmons tracked the pass to Devontae Parker in the end zone, and the Broncos come away with the win. Final score, Dolphins 13, Broncos 20. There was some suspicion that uh, Tua was benched 
Now, I don't know how true that that is. It did. It did, absolutely. But at the same time, there's some suspicion that he was taken out just because Fitz is a bit more gung-ho. So let's take him out of the offense for a bit and let's just see what happens. But no, I think uh, this the the pick that you mentioned about Drew Locke was terrible. I mean, there was no one near it. He could see straight down. There was no one blocking his view and it was just a stupid interception. Luckily, it was the only one one that he did in the game. Um, Defense is looking better and better and better. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's very, very good. I think uh, Melvin Gordon needs to buy Dalton Reisner a car uh, because the (laughs) amount of space that Reisner was opening up on the right-hand side was unbelievable. He does the thing is he's a left guard and he was actually moving off the left-hand side, running around the center and creating room on the right-hand side with Slotman in there as well. And um, the, the, even the commentators were saying the amount of times they're, they're running the ball, because you can run, they were, we were running the ball on third and 10 and making first downs um, because of that move. And it's, just, it's something that was spotted and was continually exploited throughout all of the game. Um, mm. And that was one of the major reasons why we won this game, because of what we were doing on the ground. It's because what the offensive line was doing. Um, which is strange. A strange. That must feel nice for you to say. Broncos that. Fan. Yeah, it's just weird that. I mean, the Mike Munchak effect is now in full swing. Garrett Bowles looks decent. Um, yeah, it was. It was nice to see two running backs getting over eighty yards. Um, and it nice. It's nice to see us opening the. You know, opening the uh, the game up on the ground. But same question as what I mentioned for Baker Mayfield now exists for Drew Luck. Um, do we? Do you pay him? With him? Uh, well, we're not going to pay him. It's only—it's effectively still his first season, so he's not getting paid. Second round pay. Do we keep him? That's the main thing. Did you know, Dave, that he still has less passing yards than Dak Prescott this season? Uh, yeah, but Dak Prescott was in the number one number one offense in the league when he went out. So that's not yeah, but how many weeks has been gone? That's uh, a lot of a head start. But what you've also got to remember is that Drew Lock had three, two and a half games out as well. So. Oh. It's not that much of a surprising stat. <laughs> if you'd have said that Teddy Bridgewater has more, mm. uh, not Teddy Bridgewater, if you'd have said that Drew Brees has more, I would, yeah. that would surprise me a little bit because Drew Brees is not exactly a gunslinger in terms of yards. Most of hmm. them are on the ground with Alvin Kamara. Um, there's a couple of games where, where Drew Brees is not exactly slung it. That would surprise me a little bit, but again, probably not too much. Taysom Hill would surprise me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go on to the foregone conclusion game of the, the week then. So the Jets' relentless drive to be 0-16 looked in jeopardy a bit on Sunday, thanks to a temporary ineptitude of the Chargers. The Chargers' first drive ended in the punt that was blocked. Three Frank Gore runs later, and he's rewarded with a LaMichael Pirine being given the five-yard run for a score. Of course, the Jets missed the extra point. Then the rare Keenan Allen fumble was recovered by Marcus May. Things were looking a bit desperate, so upsteps Joe Flacco to throw a pick-six on the next play to Tavorn Campbell. Some keystone cops defending from the Jets allowed a 39-yard catch and score for Mike Williams. Another throw, this time to Hunt Henry, helps see the charge into halftime up by 18 points. Flacco threw two touchdowns in the second half because with no power comes no responsibility. <laughs> uh, to Brashad Perriman and Chris Herndon, Frank Gore got his own rushing touchdown in between that, but a Keenan Allen touchdown was enough to send the Jets to 0-10 for the first time in their history. Final score, Jets 28, Chargers 34. I mean, how much does it say about the Chargers that they they took the zero and ten jets down to the wire, mm. um, and the Chargers keep finding ways to almost not win. It's, I don't want to win. It's, some, it's an embarrassment. It really is. Uh, that I mean that the uh, the Keenan Allen drop, the Keenan Allen fumble was an embarrassment. It really is. It, it's just simple mistakes, and I like what I like what the the Chargers do. They don't really have. 
too many stars on offense. They they basically spread the uh, the wages around a bit and have good players rather than one overall star like we see with some other teams. But at the same time, there's a lot of players who have to stand up and be counted, and that's just not happening on offense. Same thing on defense as well. It's just it, it almost seems as though they're they're just mediocre in every department. They're not special. They're just mediocre, um, and it's. I, I don't know if I'm being too harsh, but they don't seem special in any area. And everyone says how great Justin Herbert is. That's fine, but you need to be able to win games. I'd rather <laughs> have someone who looks okay and looks after the ball. You can't be a gunslinger in the fourth quarter when you're up by a score. You don't need to do that. Um, the other thing that really, really annoys me about Justin Herbert as well is he leads his um, wide receivers into areas they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So Hospital passes. With, yeah, so it's these little things as well. And it was it was pointed out by um, one of the NFL analysts. And when you look at it, it happens consistently. And mm-hmm. it was pointed out before last week. And when I was looking, I was thinking, okay. And then you watch this week's and you notice it through every pass where yeah. there's a guy running forward and he'll angle it. sort Because of, they always say, if you angle it at the guy's feet, there's less chance it's going to get intercepted. That's fine. But he's angling it at people's sort of knees area where they're having to come forward into tackles. So they're receiving the ball and getting hit immediately. Like straight away, can't and they just yourself, yeah, yeah, and it, it's they're not the kind of hits, and we know what cornerbacks are like. They love hitting you a second after you got the ball because <laughs> you're nice and soft and easy to land on. Yeah, um, and that's happening consistently. So the Chargers have got massive problems. I don't care that they won this game. There, there's big issues going on in that franchise, and if they if they don't sort themselves out, there's going to be a change. And Anthony, Anthony Lynn's had more than enough chances, and it doesn't seem to be changing. The Chargers are beating terrible teams, and how many other teams would the Jets put 28 on, really? And it's the Joe Flacco-led Jets putting 28 on you. That's not good enough. No. But uh, some good news for the Chargers. Austin Eckler looks like he's ready to play again. He's been uh, weightlifting on Instagram. So, yeah, it looks right. like he's ready to come back. A wide receiver who can't run. That's great. Just <laughs> uh, when, just a running back. That... <laughs> oh, sorry, a running back who can't run. That's great, yeah. He can he's run. Basic. He's basically a wide receiver. Look how many running, rushing yards he got in the past couple of seasons. All right, he's, okay. a wide, yeah. he's a gadget player. That's what he yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to what could be the game of the week between the Colts and the Packers, Dave. Reckon that's the game of the week? Go for it. I didn't, I didn't check with you before I said it. I, I felt like I was jumping the gun. But uh, there were seven touchdowns in this game and six of them came in the first half. Rogers threw passes to Robert Tunyon, Devontae Adams and Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones ran one in as well. Philip Rivers threw two touchdowns to rookie Michael Pittman Jr. and Trey Burton. Both veteran QBs threw a pick as well. There were also a pair of fumbles, one for each side, and Roddy Blankenship missed a 50-yard field goal for the Colts. The Packers went at the half up by 10 points. In the second half, Rivers found another tight end, Jack Doyle, for a touchdown. Naheem Hines got a two-point conversion. Blankenship must have demisted his glasses because he hit three field goals in the second half. While the Packers had an awful second period, two punts then fumbled a kick return, a turnover on downs, but a game-tying field goal to force overtime. Just like the earlier game that went to overtime, the Packers won the toss. But two plays later, and Julian Blackman popped the ball out of Marquez Valdez-Scantling's hands, and DeForest Buckner recovered the ball. It set a Blankenship for a game-winning fourth field goal and an overtime win at home for the Colts. The final score was Packers 31, Colts 34. Yeah, it was a good game. It was a good game. I want to go back to that the first fumble from Aaron Rodgers. So it was a short snap taken under center. It basically hit Rodgers' knuckles and fell on the ground. And Darius Leonard came through and caught it. Uh, came through and landed on the ball. And but Rodgers went back in there and tried to prize the ball. But it was just a contested 
um, tackle. And, and Rogers came out and complained afterwards that uh, we know what it's like at the bottom of an NFL hustle. hustle. You're, you're, if there's a massive sort of pylon, your hands go in there, there's fingers getting bent back mm-hmm, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's all that kind of stuff happening. And he was complaining that there was someone from the Colts was bending his fingers back trying to break his hand, <laughs> which I'm thinking, if you're going in there to get it and I'm a quarterback, I'm kind of just thinking I might let them have this one because I don't want my fingers broken. So mm-hmm. kind of stop whining and just get on with it. Uh, the Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, tie, uh, the touchdown was superb. It's absolutely brilliant. He's I think very he caught, good. It on, caught it on the 40 and went all the way in untouched. I mean, there was no one even close to him. Um, and it was a bit of a surprise to me, this game. I mean, Devontae Adams proved just how good he was again. It was, I don't think it was quite an end around. It was it, His movement almost was, and he just sort of went in undrafted. It's that ability just to find space. It's what we used to see from Antonio Brown about four years ago. It was that ability just to find space where no one is. It was, it was something special. Um, Aaron Jones yeah. doing what Aaron Jones does. Uh, and again, the Packers look like one of those teams where when everything's going well, because... Uh, the Colts defense is good, but it's not a physical defense. It's not a defense that's going to beat you up. They'll take the ball away from you. They're not going to beat you up. And I think the Packers like those defenses. Um, the Colts are what they are, and they'll play the same, in the same way, no matter who they're playing against. It makes absolutely no difference. They've only got one <laughs> way of playing, and that's it. Um, you're like the Sean Porter of boxing. You know, They just walk forward and throw. That's all they can literally do. <laughs> Another boxing analogy. There we go. Yeah. Anyone who knows Sean Porter, anyone who's seen Sean Porter fight will know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyone playing Jim um, the King Bingo will have to take a drink now that you've mentioned boxing. <laughs> Once in the past two weeks I've done it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Colts won the game. I thought they were the better team. I thought in the key moments, that's when it mattered. And uh, yeah, Rogers continuing to be the boomer bust somewhat this week. Yeah, I think you, know, you can't look away from what the Colts are starting to do on offense. They've got uh, a metronome, at, at a kicker in Blankenship, mm-hmm. but they're starting to get some of these receivers moving now. I think Michael Pittman's taken a while to come in, but it looks like he's finally getting you know on Rivers' good side because you need to have that that connection with your quarterback to be thrown the ball in the first place. Yeah, um, it looks like he's starting to get there. On the other side, of course, Marcos Valdez Scantling had an all right game. He's had an all right season, but he's not had a, a good time after this um, this fumble, which led to the the win for the Colts. He had some death threats, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that most people get death threats by idiots on Twitter. Oh yeah, I mean, through a game, so it's not nothing what, spectacular that's happened here. But that's it's a bit sad, is. really. It's, it wasn't. It wasn't. You, can, you can't blame it for one player for one play for ruining yeah. the entire game. They had 60 minutes to do something, and then overtime as well. They were given. You know, they could have done something else. They could have stopped them. Could have done anything else. So they could have played better um, in the second half, and that wouldn't have forced overtime. On Blankenship, though, I know he's he's the lovable guy. He's got the silly glasses and a nice name and everything like that. He's missed three field goals this season. Uh, the one he missed at the weekend was from about 50 yards. 50 yards. Um, let's not forget he's a rookie. Let's also not forget that he hasn't really done it in a game-winning situation, a big game. I mean, he's won games. That was, a, that was an overtime no, no, no. He's He's won games with his kicks, but not big game, not a playoff game or a game that's going to seal a division <laughs> rookie season. It is his rookie season, and that's great. I'm just saying, let's not sort of get too carried away with him at the moment and call him a flagship of their offense because he's not. Aww. He's absolutely not. He's cool, and I like it. I wear glasses as well, and you know, I I used to play in goal with glasses, and it is what it is. You know, otherwise, I won't be able to see the ball. So no, it's 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 great, and he's a funny character and everything. But let's not talk about as one of the flagships of the offense because he's just not. He's scoring enough points for him. 
Anyway, he's anyway, also, he's also missed three field goals as well. So let's not <laughs> the whole season. Oh no! Right, three games left. Uh, let's go to the Cowboys and Vikings. So it was a game with two teams that really aren't living up to expectations for the season. First touchdowns came on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook making the plays. Dalton was back from IR and found Eric Kendricks for a pick on the next drive. Minnesota couldn't do anything with it though. And on the next drive after that, C.D. Lamb turned himself into a human pretzel to come down with a catch in the end zone. <laughs> the rest of the half was pretty messy. There was a turnover on downs by Dallas, a fumble from Dalvin Cook. The only points came from a Zerline field goal to make it 16-7 at the half for the Cowboys. Adam Thielen got two touchdowns in the third quarter to put the Vikings in the lead. Cowboys' other running back, Tony Pollard, busted the 42-yard run for a touchdown. Minnesota replied with a 39-yard touchdown catch from rookie Justin Jefferson. But it was the Cowboys who had the last laugh with a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz. Dallas held on to win this one. Cowboys 31, Vikings 28. Yeah, key thing in this game is that catch. Is and It should just be called that catch. <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. So if anyone who hasn't seen it, just, just pause this. Search it out. Go and watch it because it's worth it. It's the catch of the season. I don't care what anyone does from now. It's the catch of the season. <laughs> Stunning catch. It was brilliant. To the point where I'm looking going, we could have had him instead of Joey Judy. Joey Judy's done all right. That's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. It's I mean, just, no, no, Chase Claypool, look, but you know. Well, all right. Pipe down. <laughs> that was better than anything Chase Claypool has done. I'm That's sorry. I know. I know he, well, he hasn't because most of the defences he's playing have been busted coverage. Oh, and the ball's going in the right area. But carry let's, on. Let's, yeah, let's not forget, he's got Roethlisberger throwing him at him. Yeah, yeah. CD, CD Lamb has got Andy Dalton throwing at him. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's just let that well, lie there for a second. <laughs> let's just lie there. But um, no, uh, the, one of the hits that, because um, we obviously know that Dalvin Cook is, he's currently the Russian leader in the NFL this season by some margin. He's got Madden stats going on. Um, but he also gets injured every single year as well. And he took a hit, a, a big hit this week. I thought he died. Yeah. I mean, he just <laughs> folded it so he got up and then carried on. He was so, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the Vikings really need to concentrate on using other people other than Dalvin Cook because they're relying on him far too much. I mean, there is the possibility that they're not going to get into the playoffs as well. Um, but there was not that many people there, and there was quite a few anti Mike Zimmer fans uh, signs as well, which. Uh, <laughs> they just let them when, in. But when, when a grown man is going to the trouble of making a sign with crayons and felt tips, mm. that tells you he's not happy with the, with the current management. You know, I can't. Well, people did before the internet, isn't it? I think I can't ever, inv- you know, envisage a situation where I'm sitting down with some card and some felt tips, writing Coach Fangio's name. Mm. Um, I don't see that <laughs> being something you know that any sane person would do. So they're obviously very unhappy with him. The talent that they've got in that team is they should be performing way above where they are. Um, but they've got a mediocre quarterback and they're a mediocre team because of it. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Sunday night game then. That was the AFC West matchup. For lovers of offense rather than defense, touchdowns on the first four drives, starting with the Josh Jacobs run for the, the Raiders. Tyreek Hill got the first for the Chiefs. Derek Carr hit Nelson Aguilar for the Raiders second, then rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire got a rushing touchdown for the Chiefs. Daniel Carson got a field goal for Las Vegas before the Raiders managed to pick Mahomes to see the Raiders into halftime with a lead of three. Clyde got his second rushing touchdown of the game with a 14-yard play, but Derek Carr found Darren Waller in the end zone to keep the advantage. Le'Veon Bell got a six-yard touchdown run for Kansas before Carr threw his third touchdown of the game to Old Man Witten. It left Mahomes under two minutes in the game and down by four. Cue the music and Mahomes picking his way down the field, ending it with a 22-yard strike to Travis Kelsey who was standing alone in the end zone. Carr had nine seconds to do something. That thing was throwing a pick to Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs stopped the Raiders from sweeping them this season 
Final score was Kansas City 35, Las Vegas 31. Yeah, so one point of order on this. So last week I picked the Raiders to pick the Chiefs. And literally we stopped recording. (laughs) And seconds after my phone pinged and it says uh, many Raiders players were out with COVID. So I said to Jim... The entire offensive line. Yes. And I said... Uh, I'm changing my pick to the Chiefs. So technically, I was right. <laughs> you did say that. I'm, yeah, I, I did say for that. that. You did. I, I could. I um, could turn around and say you didn't, but you did. No, the big surprise of this Chiefs team so far this season is the lack of run game. So in the first game of the season, was it against the Texans? I think it was. Um, we were all we were hearing that there was going to be this shift and change away from relying on Pat Mahomes because I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire ran for 140 yards or something ridiculous. And they're saying yeah. they're really going to protect him now and you know turn it into a running team and become a more balanced. He's gonna, he's gonna become a surgeon rather than you know being a gunslinger. Well, I'm not being funny, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a decent week this week. I was, I was only sort of what 13, 14 carries, something like that. He had 69 yards this week. Week before, 14. Week before, 21. Week before, 46. It's interesting that they're sort of having a bit of a tough time because the Chiefs are having a little bit of a tough time. Let's not get away from it. They're 9-1. and one. They're, Yeah, they're not, they are 9-1, and one, but they're not playing like when used to seeing the Chiefs play. And they're, they are having trouble with some teams, as, as emphasized this week. And they've kind of reverted to type and said, okay, let's rely on Pat Mahomes. They've gone away from having that ball carrier run game, which is one of the reasons why they got Clyde Edwards-Hillier and picked him so high. Mm. And the other reason why they went out in free agency and got Le'Veon Bell. Um, it just feels like they're, they're, I mean, they've got the best throw in the game and they're throwing the ball. So it feels like somewhat of a no brainer, but it just, it's almost like they have no plan A again and have no plan B. But I mean, the other argument to that is you don't need a plan B when your plan A is as good as that is. (laughs) Um, but it just surprises me. They've gone away from what was obviously the main intention going into this season to protect their, their main, you know, half a billion dollar investment. But, I mean, the Ra- the Raiders were brilliant in this game. The Raiders were absolutely brilliant. I take It was their best game of the season, I think. Ama- well, the game where they beat Kansas City in Kansas mm. it was probably the best performance. But on a whole, this was close. Raiders were unbelievable to the point I actually went back and watched this game. And I wasn't cheering on the Raiders. I mean, I'll cheer on anyone <laughs> against, the, against the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, the Raiders were superb. On all parts of the field, they were brilliant. Damon Arnett is turning into a real good player as well. Mm. Yes. <laughs> In the Raiders secondary, you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go on to the last game then. So it was a fairly even first half on Monday Night Football between the Rams and the Bucks. The Rams scored first uh, with a touchdown pass to Robert Woods. Brady replied with a touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Then the Fournette got a rushing touchdown to put the Bucks ahead. But a Van Jefferson touchdown catch and a Matt Gay field goal against his old, old team saw the Rams ahead at halftime. The second half wasn't nearly as clean for the offences. Jared Goff managed to throw the ball into Jason Pierre-Paul's mitt for an interception. The Rams then missed a field goal on the next drive. Tom Brady thought it was 2006 and tried a deep pass down the middle. It was picked <laughs> off by Jordan Fuller and the Rams scored on the next drive with a Cam-Akers catch from Jared Goff. The Bucks failed to convert a fourth and one. Then the Rams gave it right back with an interception uh, by Whitehead. Chris Godwin got a touchdown for Tampa Bay on the next drive to tie the game. The Rams moved it 50 yards for another Matt Gay field goal to take the lead, but Brady did have over two minutes to get the winner. But this isn't 2007, and Brady's deep pass was intercepted again by Jordan Fuller. I see the Rams take another win on the road, and the final score was the Rams 27, the Buccaneers 24. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when the Bucs played the Saints? Do you remember yes. in that game that the Bucs didn't run the ball effectively? Do you remember they got absolutely worked? 
Yeah. Um, do you remember the week afterwards when the Bucks played the Panthers and the Bucks ran the ball really effectively? A lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones had 192 yards in that game. Do mm-hmm. you remember last week when they played the Rams um, and the Bucks didn't run the ball effectively? Um, total of only 18 attempts. I mean, do you, do, you see the pat- yeah, do you see the pattern that's going on here? They don't run the ball, which means they can't protect Tom Brady, who needs protection. He needs... Mm-hmm the threat taken away from the secondary. The amount of times we saw the Rams play nickel. When have you ever seen the Rams play a dime formation? So anyone who doesn't know, a nickel formation is where you pull a man back from um, either the defensive line or the... um, uh, the linebackers and put an extra safety in or put an extra cornerback in mm-hmm. a dime is when you put another cornerback in or another safety so you basically take two men away from the front so instead of playing a 4-3 you play a 3-3 or you play a 2-3 if you're playing the dime and that's really risky to do especially when you're against Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette yeah. and the Rams were doing that consistently and it's laughable I'm sitting here laughing because it's it's almost insulting to do that and when you've got Brady, a 42-year-old, let's not get away from it. He's a 42-year-old throwing the ball into dime coverage. He's getting nothing. He's 43 now, is he? Well, there you go. So he's throwing, <laughs> he's, you've got a 43-year-old throwing into dime, nickel and dime coverage. I'm sorry. That's not a recipe for success. I don't care how rushed you are on the clock. If you're, if you're any kind of offensive coordinator and you see nickel or dime coverage, run it run it just to make them take one of the secondary players out because it's almost embarrassing that they were doing that and they were doing that on a consistent basis. Successful for Jordan Fuller, at least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Bucks only had 42 rushing yards, but the Rams only had 37. The Rams didn't need to rush it. No, I'm just saying, you know, neither team were running the ball. It's just, they were very similar in their play style. They did, but the... The problem, the problem was you've got Goff who was, um, well, Goff completed 39 of 51. So that, that was absolutely fine. You know, they were removing away that pass rush that the Bucks had um, just by short little throws and Brady converted 26 of 48. So that tells you everything that they need to know. So whatever you were doing on offense, it wasn't working, I'm afraid. Um, and this game, yes, it was 27-24, but it, it wasn't really that close, if I'm honest. It, it it was more than four points worth. Let's put it that way. Mm. And those were the games, guys. Let's have a quick look at the standings, something we haven't really, really done this season. But there are a couple of moves in the table. Uh, in the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns moved up into second place, dislodging the Baltimore Ravens. So the Browns are now 7-3, and three, the Ravens 6-4. and four. Yeah. In the NFC least, the uh, Dallas Cowboys moved off the bottom and uh, replaced that with the Washington football team. Both on three and seven, by the way, but, you know, that's yeah, third the, and fourth. What's funny is that the Eagles lead that division, but they're the yep. only team on a losing streak. So Giants have won the last two. Yep. They're an interesting team to watch. Washington and the Cowboys both won their last game as well. So the team who sit top are, in, are uh, got people snapping at their feet. The three-win division. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Washington football team won their game, but lost a place in the division. Yes. And the team that lost the game are still top of the division, and they've only won three games. Yeah. So madness. that's the NFC East. Uh, in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers moved above the Atlanta Falcons after the Panthers won their game with a shutout and the Falcons lost against uh, against the Saints. So yeah, that's a movement up and down there. And in the West, the Rams moved up from third to first and the Cardinals moved from first to third with their results on the weekend. Yeah, so Rams are now top. Um, then Seahawks. Seahawks. Then, then Cardinals. Cardinals. 
and then 49 is bringing up the rears but i mean the cards are only one game off top so that is everything is all in for it it's still really really close yeah so those are the standings uh if we look at the picks then for week 11 so dave you're up against andy so thank you very much andy for putting in your picks for the week um dave you got out of 14 Mm. you got seven I was going to say I had a bad week this week. You had a bad week. I still got a better conversion than Baker Mayfield, so I'm not too Ooh, fast. <laughs> salty. Uh, Andy, you got 10, mate. Jeez, so congratulations. Yes. Look at that. A couple, of, that, three. Couple, of those were, couple of those were rogue picks as well. <laughs> did, I, did I get a point for the Chiefs? Did you make sure? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Point I counted the Chiefs for you. Don't worry. Just Calm making down. sure I'm not getting shortchanged. <laughs> <laughs> even with that you got seven i know so it would have been six <laughs> christ that's terrible yeah you both got the cardinals and dolphins games wrong um but other than that uh, andy only got eagles wrong against the browns and bucks against the rams dave you picked the falcons to beat the saints that didn't happen you picked the yeah. ravens to beat the titans the patriots to beat the texans the packers to beat the colts and the vikings to beat the cowboys so you sir are on 100 for the season and the mm. people are on 107 Oh, wow. So you're now seven points behind uh, with six weeks to go. Yeah, easy. Pull back one a week, it's fine. (laughs) Okay, so those are the games that were. Um, Oh, and how about your betting for the week, Dave? How'd that go? Um, I lost. (laughs) So, yeah, I was done done pretty early. So, yeah, not too much of a excitement, not too much excitement on that. I think I was done on the Thursday night football. So, yeah, I was baked on that one. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. I didn't put in the Thursday night game because I don't like to potentially lose my bet for the entire weekend too early. But you have been no, proven no. to be wise for the first time in, in quite <laughs> some time. But I did, of course, not win my bet. It was an eight-team acker, and uh, yeah, Patriots and um, Dolphins Do you know and what? Vikings and Bucks. <laughs> it's a half I, my acker didn't come in. I didn't even look at the rest of them, so I don't. Even, I might have won all of them apart from one. I haven't got a clue. All I know is I lost on Friday, Thursday, and that was enough. Um, one thing I wanted to mention though is uh, the semi-final list has come out for uh, oh, yeah, the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, Peyton Manning's on it now. It feels like somewhat of a no-brainer that Peyton Manning's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, Five-brainer. Yeah, but the also the the other part of it is John Lynch. Now, John Lynch was a safety for the Broncos um, and was superb in his time there. Um, but it's uh, also... Bucks. And the Broncos as well. Um, uh, he was super winning also, with the Bucks. I mean, no one knows him the, the Super Bowl with the Bucks. Well, Broncos fan though. Is, 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 <laughs> you don't always have to win a Super Bowl to be, to be famous there. Otherwise, the Browns <sighs> would have absolutely no one in their ring of fame whatsoever. <laughs> um, but it's about time he was in uh, the Hall of Fame because he's been in semi-final lists for quite a few times. So it's just one mention that really so well, his, uh, yeah, his problem his problem is that he's now an owner well sorry a yes. gm at the 49ers mm-hmm. so he's doing a good a job though he's doing a but pretty good job as being that, a GM that as is well. his so problem, that's only adding to his case that's his problem is that they're going to wait until he's finished and then they're going to give it to him like when he's 80 or something you know while he's still so, adding to the accolades then does that mean Matt there's, no, there's could, no rush does that mean matt patricia could go in next year because he's finished <laughs> <laughs> You've got to wait five years, Dave, before you can be eligible. Know, but I'm, I'm sure Matt Patricia's going to be knocking on the door for a yellow <laughs> jacket. I'm sure. Um, yeah, there's some usual usual candidates in there. I think Megatron's in as well in the running. So has that been five years? Mm-hmm. Crikey. Okay. I mean, that it makes me feel really old now. Should do. 
Should do. Yeah. Uh, last thing about week 11, then what about your fantasy game, Dave? How'd you get on? You're playing um, the bottom team in the league. I was. I was a bit worried because, um, yeah, you don't want to lose to someone who's 0 and 9 or 0 and 10, as it would be. So, 0 and 10, no, she was. Yeah, I managed to win this week. So I did all right, actually. I had a bit of a. Um, a bit of a wobble at first because I think in my, one of my early games, um, I don't think I got all that all too many points. But no, I ended up doing okay. Scored a hundred points, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. So happy there. I started Justin Herbert again rather than Lamar, which proved to be the right thing to do. Um, good points again for Aaron Jones, Taylor, um, Robbie Anderson. And he carried on doing what he was doing. Whenever I play him, he does badly. Whenever he's sitting on my bench, he wrecks up miles. Um, Darren Waller with fourteen and. The wonderful Brandon McManus got me eighty points as well. So yeah, very happy with that. Um, so yeah, over a hundred points. What about you? Well, I also won my game with over a hundred points and more than you on points. Peter, Dave, you just... got seven points more than I did. So let's, still would have won if we were against each other. Let's, yeah, but we weren't against each other. Weren't we? <laughs> let's not get too excited. So yeah, I'm doing okay. Doing okay. I've now got a winning record again. So six yeah. and five. Uh, and, I'm uh, five. Six, so I'm slightly behind you. Yeah, you are. This week I'm playing Punk Raider. Oh, so I'm hoping okay. for a revenge game after he beat me by less than the point in week one. Um, I'm playing uh, Kansas Mike, and Ooh. every time, every time I play him, I played him in week top one. of the league. Yeah, every time I play him, I played him in week one, uh, and he beat me by I think it was like four points. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year I came second in the league to him on points difference he wasn't points difference he was on um matchup against when we played each other and if you aggregated our score i beat him once he beat me once he beat me by like point two um it was ridiculous i mean i always lose to him by a smidgen of amount so well, not i'm this fully year, expecting though. i'm fully expecting <laughs> over this week i'm gonna lose by half a point again or another 100 <laughs> points or something it's gonna be insane so yeah i'm not expecting a win this week fair enough well, let's uh, let's have a break now and let's come back and do the picks for week 12 and also our bets as well. How about that, Dave? Yeah, sounds good. Excellent. Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Jiminy King NFL podcast. This is the week 11 review slash week 12 preview. We've reviewed week 11, Dave. Now let's do some previewing of week 12. To do that, we put you up against a, a player with the picks. And this week's player is Mike. Has Mike got an affiliation to an NFL team? Ravens, I believe. Oh, I thought, yeah, I wiped that from my mind. You did tell <laughs> me, I've forgotten. I did. Maybe, I, you know, just for the best. But um, yeah, okay, so Mike has very graciously given us some picks uh, for mm-hmm. the Week 12 games. Um, it starts on Thursday night, Dave. It's Thanksgiving over in America, National yep. Gluttony Day. Does that uh, mean we've got three games or four games? Because I know got, there's normally, there's there's normally three games. There's three, three games, games, but as most of the Ravens team are coming down with COVID at the moment, I'm not sure what's happening with the Ravens-Steelers game. At the moment, they're still going ahead, as far as we're aware. Oh, okay. I didn't know, I didn't know the Ravens were having issues with that. So the Ravens oh, have got yes. players currently being uh, being diagnosed. What's the state of situation then? Because this is going to affect who I'm going to pick. Uh, I was, well, I heard it was Harbour and uh, J.K. Dobbins had p- tested positive. Okay, and now then, you mentioned the J.K. Dobbins one. That does make sense, yeah. Mm. Uh, I had I had read that one, so yeah. Well, they just played the Titans last week, so they were very close to COVID Central. <laughs> but there are three, at the moment, there are three games on Thursday night. Uh, the first okay. is the Houston Texans at the Detroit Lions. Ooh. Who are you going for, Dave? Ooh. 
tasty mm. Texans Lions. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lions. Um, okay. Partly to so follow got my shut heart. out last week. Yes, partly to follow my heart. Also, um, because if Laramie Tunsil doesn't play, it's going to be uh, a big blow for the Texans. Chances are he probably is going to play, though. Uh, <laughs> if you're paying him that much, you're going to just wheel him out there and say, stand there and don't Ooh. let anyone pass. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think Matt Stafford is one of those guys who's not going to be liked to be shut out. It's the first time he's ever happened in his career, and he's going to go back with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um, so I dare say that they're going to be slightly more of a dangerous team than they were last week. Plus, you know, I've got to claw back some points. So I'm going to go for Detroit. Oh, well, Mike's gone for the Texans. And I think he's probably the more sane of the two of you. Well, so, <laughs> that's not going nuts. They played, they played better last week. They beat the no, Patriots. No, I'm talking about Mike being more sane than me. So. Well, all right, he's a Ravens fan. Okay, well, yeah, too much, yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> too much credit there. Uh, so then we've got the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. So they had to throw an NFC least game for us, didn't they? I mean... Why do we have to do this to ourselves every time? Yeah, it's the Cowboys are a terrible team led by a mediocre quarterback. And the Viking... Can I hear who Mike's gone for first and then make my decision or is that cheating? <laughs> I'm not telling you who's Mike picked. Okay, I'm going to go for the opposite team to who might win. If I know him, what? I think he's gone for, and I can't remember, I saw his picks, but I can't remember who he's gone for. I oh, think he's already gone for the, the Cowboys, so I'm going to go for the opposite pick to him and go for Washington. You have got a soft spot for the Washington football team, haven't you? So, I, I have, as I have, yeah. All right, he has gone for the Cowboys. Okay, so I'm, going go for Washington. I'm going to go Washington. Go Washington. <laughs> All right, and the third game at the moment, apparently, is going to be the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers and I'm picking the Steelers because I want the Steelers to win because I don't like this whole no handshake bullshit oh um, yeah. so I, I hope the Steelers win that game and the Steelers won the earlier game this season as well between the two of them it was you know squidgy bum time for you but they you know you still walked away with the double use so yeah I'm going to go Steelers Dude. on that one yeah well Mike has obviously gone for the Ravens as a Ravens fan yeah. Um, um, the one thing that we've seen is the way that you beat Lamar is with the pass rush. I mean, we've gone through this on previous pods. So if you want to know more about it, go and look at our back catalogue. But mm. essentially, it's all about making sure you've got wide pass rush and you pin him inside. And the one thing that the Steelers can do really well is have a wide pass rush and pin you to the interior and make you throw it. So one it's, thing? Uh, well, that's that's your main weapon on pass rush. Your pass rush is your <laughs> main deal. So uh, yeah, Steelers on that one. Okay. So on to Sunday, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Raiders all day long. So impressed with the Raiders last week. So disappointed with the Falcons last week. Um, yeah, Raiders, easy. Well, Mike's gone for the Falcons. Oh, so, okay. Another difference there. <laughs> okay. That's, you okay. said this last week and then Andy wiped the floor with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely destroyed me. So there's every possibility <laughs> that that's going to be the case. You never know. You never know. Uh, if your future quarterback might score a few touchdowns, oh, and, uh... pipe down! My, Matt Ryan is not going to the and not going to the Broncos, and <laughs> neither is Derek Carr either. Just in case that's what you were insinuating. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are at the Buffalo Bills. Chargers Bills. It's in Buffalo. Uh, it I'll is. Go Bills. I'll go Bills. I think the Bills Where are more rounded. Yeah, the Bills. Well, that's not always an advantage, as I mentioned last week. Teams are says you. Lev- yeah, teams are level pegging in terms of record coming off a bye um, with uh, a sixty-six percent chance of winning going into a bye. Um, 
but I do think that the Bills are just a bit more cute. Um, and as I mentioned earlier on about the Chargers, they're just somewhat disappointing on the big stage. And I only have faith in the Bills. I don't really have any faith in the Chargers at the moment, unfortunately. Anytime I'm slagging mm. off the Chargers, though, it just sounds like sour grapes because <laughs> you know they're a divisional rival. It's genuinely not because you know they're, they're a team who've never really achieved anything. You kind of want them to have a little bit of success. It's just they're experts at shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. Uh, Mike's also gone for the Bills. It's the sensible pick. The records, the records tell a story. Then we've got the New York football giants off the bye at the Cincinnati Bengals with Ryan Finley as the quarterback. I mean, without me laying in too much <laughs> into the Bengals. I was, I'm uh, sorry, I've waited that, that pick there. Sorry. Yeah. I no, it is. It's, neutral. You, you, you have to pick the giants. The giants are on a, is it a two win streak? Last yeah. time they were out, they played against the, uh, against Washington and did really, really well in that game as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you can look past the Giants on this game, I'm afraid. No. The, the Bengals shouldn't want to win this game if they're being no. serious about next year and about their yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what they should do is lead the game going into the fourth quarter and then go, oh, here's a couple of fumbles or an interception. <laughs> or, oh. <laughs> Ryan, Fun- Ryan Finley gets a massive roster bonus for throwing two interceptions in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we've got uh, what should be a very good game. It's the it's an AFC South matchup of the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think the Titans are the more well-rounded team, and I you can make a case for both teams, especially on form as well. The Colts were brilliant last week, mm. um, but I feel as though they I feel as though the Titans are the better team of the two, and it's the sensible pick. So I'm going to go Titans um, on the last pick. What you mentioned about the uh, Giants and Bengals um, did Mike go for the Giants as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't I say that? No, I that's keep missing them if they're obvious. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I, it somewhat goes without saying, but I just wanted to double check. But no, I'm going to go Sorry. Titans as well. Uh, yeah, Mike's gone for the Titans. Yeah. So the game after that is the Carolina Panthers at the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this is a tough one. Anytime I pick the Vikings, they shoot me in the foot. Mm. Who's starting for the Panthers? Do we know yet? Oh, I don't know. Could well be PJ Walker again. If it's PJ Walker, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Not how it works, Dave. I know it's not. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for the Vikings. I think the Vikings, last time they won when I picked them, Case Keenum was the quarterback. That's how far back they <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go for the Vikings this week, I think. <laughs> uh, Mike's also gone for the Vikings. That's a, that's a brave pick. Well, he yeah. means I'm not going to lose a point to him, so I'm not too fussed about yeah. that. That's fine. That's the Arizona and the Cardinals are at the New England Patriots. Oh, Cardinals all day long. Cardinals offense is much more explosive. The defense, I trust them more. Um, I don't know if Stefan Gilmore's out, but when they are, their defense. Rex Burkhead's definitely out for the season. Okay. What would you like me to do with that piece of information? Well, I'm just saying that's that's a blow for the Patriots because that guy runs through walls, which he never did for Cincinnati. Yeah, but he normally gets three yards. He runs for no, a wall for three yards. Yeah, but he's <laughs> three yards yeah. of gain after he's been given the ball five yards well, behind the line. I think what Jim's just said there is a sorry indictment of where the Patriots are right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals. All right, Every time the Cards have somewhat of a disappointing game, they're always brilliant next week. And they're a little bit disappointing last week against mm. Seahawks. So yeah, I expect them to be superb this week. Well, Mike's gone for the Patriots. Okay. So I'm loving these differences. The oh, It's an AFC East matchup. It's the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. 
Um, do we know how bad Tua's injury is? I do not. I mean, I I'm stalling. I'm stalling. Hour we, know, hour. we know what the answer is going to be. It's a dog. Oh, is Does this in matter? New York? Is this in New York? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm going Dolphins. Still going Dolphins. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Jim, you could be starting at quarterback. I'd still go Dolphins. I wouldn't mind. I'll give it a go. Uh, Mike's also <laughs> starting with the Dolphins on that one, so there we go. You'd last for one snap. <laughs> what, just a snap. Dead. what a snap. What a snap. The way you threw it into touch was legendary. I've got a left, I'm left-handed as well, like Tua, so, you know. <laughs> the, the Cleveland Browns are playing at the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Uh, Browns, and I have Browns as a big favourite. Um, the Browns' pass rush against Luton is... They're, they're gonna ha- the Jags can have real trouble. There was no Miles uh, Garrett last week. Yeah, well, Miles, he's not been placed on IR, and the amount of money he's on, if he's going to be out for multiple weeks, you will place him on IR. Mm. Um, anyone who's out for three weeks or more, you can place them on IR. And um, it normally says you're only out for one or two. Um, but I fully expect him to be back either this week or next. Um, it would make sense for the Browns to place him on IR if he was going to be out for multiple weeks, which they haven't done yet. Um, the benefit, of course, going on to IR is the fact that you save money and save cap space. Um, so the Jags, I don't think you've got any way of stopping that pass rush, and I don't trust Luton at all, really, as oh. seen in the last game against the Steelers when his stats were garbage. His general play was garbage as well. So a bit yeah, easier prospect against the Browns, but okay. Yeah, I'm Mike's go gone for the Browns as well. Browns have still got good secondary coverage as well with likes of Ward and um, Greedy Williams as well. Mm-hmm. The New Orleans Saints are at the Denver Broncos. Now. Here we go. One, the one thing that the Broncos have real trouble stopping is we have trouble a stopping a quarterback run, and we right. also have significant trouble um, stopping uh, short plates tight ends. And, of course, what's the two things that the Saints do really well? <laughs> With Taysom Hill, yeah. Yeah. Now, they're on a win streak of, I think, seven. Um, so... Sanity dictates that we should go the Saints. But you know me, I have no sanity left in me. I'm going orange and blue. Oh, that's about time you pick your own team in these picks, Dave. One week. Last week, I didn't pick them. I think the week before I did. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, Mike's gone for the Saints. So you've walked into that trap there. Yeah. It's a trap. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We've got an NFC West matchup here. The San Francisco 49ers off their bye. Are at the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Fourth place. First. Any, any uh, in conference game, I'm going to have to go for the team other than the 49ers just because I don't <laughs> trust Nick Muller to win the game, unfortunately. Um, it's the usual £60 million worth of IR injuries that they've got. 80.5. Um, it's 80.5, okay. The 80, 80.5 million pounds worth of uh, IR injuries they have tell us that, that, that there is. Uh, they're going to be a Rams victory. So, yeah, I'm going Rams on that one. I think okay. it will be a big win as well. The Kansas City Chiefs are at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, who did Mike go for in that game? Oh, we went Rams. Sorry. I went Rams as well. Ob- okay. Obvious pick. So, yeah, so Rams. Chiefs versus Bucks. Chiefs, um, uh, Chiefs. Bucks don't lose two in a row, um, but that's going to very much change now. Uh, <laughs> So you've identified yeah, the trend I, I and then you've bucked it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what, that's what we do. Um, so no, I'm going, going Chiefs very much. I don't think the Buccaneers are good enough. Their defense can't stop um, 
we can't stop the Chiefs from scoring. And I don't think there's any way in which um, the Bucks are going to outscore them in a in a gunfight. So it's just not going to happen. So yeah, I'm looking at Chiefs on that one. I want the Bucks to win. Yeah, I know you think. But uh, unfortunately, it's uh, I don't see any way in which it's going to happen. Fair enough. Well, Mike can, and he's gone for the Bucks. So, <laughs> just setting him up here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sunday night game is the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers NFC North matchup here, Dave. Who's winning? It's at Lambeau, right? It is. Um, who did the Bears play last week? They They're lost. They were on a bye. Oh, they were on a bye. Okay. I'm trying to figure out any way in which the Bears are going to win this game, and I'm coming up short. Yeah. I mean, the week before they lost to the Vikings. I mean, that's not a position anyone wants to be in. Okay. And the Bears in division are as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go Packers. Yeah, so is Mike. So is Mike. It's a sensible thing to do. I think what you're looking at is a very, very good Bears defense against a very, very good Packers offense. So they kind of cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. And when you look at... <laughs> I can't say this without laughing. When you look at that Bears offense, <laughs> it's it's not going to outperform the, the Packers the defense. defense. So I, yeah, I, I can't really side with... I can't really side with uh, the Bears on that. Their, their offense is a joke. So uh-huh. yeah, no, unfortunately, I'm going to go Packers on that. Okay. Yeah, so as I said, so is Mike. So the Monday game... Is the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, no man within his right mind can pick the Eagles, so I'm going the opposite way, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, yeah, so is Mike. So there we go. Yeah. Those are the games for week 12, guys. Uh, should be good. Should be good. There are some, a couple of differences there in your picks with Mike, which I'd like yeah. to see. What Rather than doing it next week, what we could do is if you just want to read out, Dave, you got all 14 then we can just clip that into next week. Or 16 this time, Dave. Yeah, I'm still only going to get 14. I'm being <laughs> Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get four now, aren't I? As long as Possibly. one of those is the Broncos, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. As long as one of them is the Broncos. And the Steelers. So last thing to do, Dave, before we go, is your bets for the week. Yeah, so last week I was out. I haven't got the exact amount, but I think I've got about £28 in my account, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, so I'm on a bit of a bad run. So I decided to go safe this week. So okay. I'm going an eight-team accumulator. <laughs> That's safe considering some eight of my teams. most recent picks. Eight teams. Um, I'm well, The first one I'm looking at is the Cardinals against Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the Browns minus six points against those pesky Jags. Yeah. Um, the Raiders to beat the Falcons. Uh, Dolphins to beat the Jets. Uh, those Giants against the Bengals. Rams to beat the 49ers. Chiefs to beat the Bucks, And Seahawks to beat the Eagles. So, mm-hmm. I am putting 10 of your English pounds oh. on this one. <laughs> what? Yes. 10 took a five on last week. 10 whole pounds. Which means... All right. This is I'm worrying. going to return two hundred and seventy-seven pounds and twenty-five pence. <laughs> expect a cash out somewhere along the way. <laughs> I expect I expect nothing from you, Dave. Well, the problem is bad face next week. The problem is I've got a Monday night game. So do I? And I'm, I, I've got a youngest. So I can't, yeah, I can't stay up and watch it. So it's mm. like, do I? And I've got you know gainful employment and stuff as well. So do I stay up and watch it, or do I just risk it and go to bed knowing that my 
entire bet is waiting for it, knowing I'm not going to cash out, or do I just cash out before the game and then you know blah blah blah. So uh, yeah, somewhat of a difficult try. Sounds like a pickle. I mean, if I get to the point where that is a choice I have to make on Monday night, I'll be happy anyway because I've been nowhere near that recently. <laughs> if you've got to um, Monday night and you've had seven correct picks, then yeah, I think you're riding it. Yeah, you have, you have to. And it's the Seahawks against the Eagles as well. This is going to be the one night the Eagles are going to put up a 40-burger in it. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, £277 return, um, £10 stake. That will leave me with about, I think it's about 18 quid left in the account. What are you going for? Well, I've gone for a Thanksgiving, Acker. Hang on, hang on. After what you said about the whole I don't do Thursday nights. Yeah, no, well, I thought I'm going to do Thursday. I'm going to do fully on Thursday. So only picking okay. Thursday night because there are three Go games on. to pick. Yeah. So I've gone for a treble of all three Thanksgiving games. I've gone against you, Dave. I've gone for the Texans to beat the Lions because Texans are better than Lions. I've gone for the Cowboys to beat the team because I think the Cowboys have got a better overall team at the moment. And I've gone for the Steelers, obviously, to beat the Ravens, because we're the Steelers and we're 10-0, and and the and we have the Ravens number. So uh put a £2 stake on it, and if let I me, win let that... Me guess. Let me guess. I think you're going to get back around about £14 on that one. <laughs> uh, £11.71. Oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> My stake is almost as much as your winnings. Yeah, that's, a dis- that's a disgrace. <laughs> well, you're ahead of me at the moment. Yeah, so you're going to lose £10, I'm going to gain 11 hopefully. So this here we go. true. Um, no, I, 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 the thing is, I've just kind of gone, look, I'm either going to go big or just go home. Uh, mm. But yeah, I want to show you as well, so you can't accuse me of cheating. There it is. You can see it on my camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see it there. Jesus yeah. Christ. So yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> going big. Well, we'll know my result by uh, by Friday morning. Yeah. We'll know your result by uh, Sunday well, we afternoon. M- we may know your result. <laughs> we may. Um, just because of what's happening with the uh, Seahawks game. Because you, the Seahawks game might be um, postponed because of the COVID, so that's why. I mean, the Ravens game. Did I say? I meant Steelers. Sorry, not Seahawks. Yeah, Steelers <laughs> game. Yeah, it's been a long. Getting late, Dave. It's been a long run. You out. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a long day today. Long day. Oh, well. Thank you very much for doing it, Dave, and thank you very much, guys, for listening. Make sure that uh, you're subscribed to uh, the podcast. You're checking out jimnicking.com for all of our shows on there. Um, follow us on Twitter at Jim and the King at DemoDave30 at NFM Fan Support. Um, it's very much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Denver Dave, and thank you so much for listening. 